Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. Eric Allenton, Michael Sharp, uh, back in studio after uh, a couple weeks off. We've uh, had a few hiccups, Mike, I think, in terms of our traditional schedule that, w- that we have, but uh, we're getting things sorted out, and we're, we're back on track, my friend. Yeah, well-rested after spring b- uh, break, Eric. Yeah. Uh, did you do anything interesting over spring break? I, I got sick again, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in father-slash-parent world, oh, yeah. uh, that, is, that is my reality, is, is uh, sick almost on a continuous basis. Yeah, kids are hazardous to your health. We uh, talked about that last we, time. We did. So, uh, so, Mike, I'm in the upswing, though. I'm, I'm recovering. I think I'm getting my voice back a little bit, so it's good to be on the air. Okay. Um, so, so Mike, this this is a great episode today, and the fact that uh, it, it's it's the ending of an era, somewhat it for is. us. It is our our good friend and colleague Kevin Geiger uh, will be joining us here for his uh, second ever uh, time on the Tapioca Radio Show. One of one of our few return guests that we yeah. had thus far. Kevin is the second guest that's been on twice. Right, right. Uh, back again by popular demand. Um, but but also I would say, you know, in conversations we've had with Kevin, uh, Kevin is is leaving us. He he's found another venture that that we'll talk about in our, our segment two yeah. that uh, really strikes his interest. It's outside the realm of traditional um, higher education. Uh, we're very excited and, and thrilled for him. But uh, but in some of his parting words, he indicated that his his last wish. Uh, here at the University of Cincinnati was to to again be on the tapioca radio show so so we 're here to grant that wish I think he wanted to quit last semester, but he wanted but he couldn 't because he wanted one more shot yeah i I think that was uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think that 's what occurred i think kevin 's you know he 's blushing right here, uh, but he 'll have a chance to kind of explain that he 's red as a beet right. And, and any time, Mike, I don't know about you, but any time I can grant somebody's wish and, and I have the capability to do that, that, is, do. that is something I'm, I'm going to take advantage of and uh, make that wish come true. So You're Kevin, a wish granter. That's the first thing I think of when I think right, of Eric Allen. Right. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, we're all thrilled to have Kevin Geiger back. And again, Kevin Geiger working uh, with our academic internships program um, as well as our UC Forward program, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So, so Mike. Yes, sir. Um, I have to give you a shout out yeah. uh, for launching uh, Experience Magazine. So it's this live, baby. Experience Magazine is officially live. I, I believe last time we discussed this, we knew it was forthcoming. Yeah, uh, we knew there was a publication. Lots in, of anticipation. Yeah, a lot of lot of buildup. You had to you had to drag this on. Yeah, I think unnecessarily long, but oh, thanks. Um, <clears throat> but long nonetheless. And and anyways, um, so we've we've known about this. So so. Mike, tell our listeners a little bit about this publication for which you are editor-in-chief. Sure. So, Eric, Experience Magazine is a publication where we uh, provide voice and spotlight to the many forms of experiential learning that we see all over the world. So it includes, of course, our standard and historic co-op programs and internship programs, but it's been expanded now to include other kinds of experiential learning, like service learning, practicums, uh, uh, performances and exhibitions, innovative experiential learning programs like uh, UC Forward. Uh, We provide voice to multiple kinds of stakeholders as well, so not just faculty that teach these courses, but also to students that are in the courses 
to not-for-profit leaders, to uh, people that work in the for-profit field. So we've we've tried to create a pretty eclectic platform to tell these stories of experiential learning, covering both the theory and the practice of that. Right. Mike, um, kudos to you for for getting that publication relaunched. It's been on... Hiatus, I believe, since 2012. Is that right? 12 or 13, I 12 think. 12 or 13 yeah. uh, was the last installment. And, and for those that are, are wondering a little bit more about this, um, this, this publication is, is one of the, I believe, one of the premier uh, publications within the discipline of experiential learning in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I truly believe that. And, um, and I, I feel that there were limited... Um, accessible points for practitioners and educators within our industry mm-hmm. to to really find that voice that you were speaking of and yeah. um, have their work uh, seen, um, you know, in, in some tar- type of journalistic format. Yeah. Uh, I think we've been rather limited. So the relaunching of this is very significant, Mike. So uh, I want to say thank you uh, for that, your, for your leadership and, sure. and for producing a great publication. Yeah. And uh, so, Eric, thank you for those uh, mighty fine words there. Um, the first issue is officially launched. We have 13 articles in there. And we're already accepting uh, article abstracts for issue number two. Um, and so if for our listeners that are interested in potentially writing an article, it can be long, 10,000 words, it can be short, 1,000 words, it could be a poem, it could be uh, any kind of storytelling device that the author would like to use, that's what we're looking for. Very easy to find, just Google Experience Magazine, CEIA. Awesome, awesome. And, and I can attest to this as well, Mike has uh, set up an amazing team of individuals that are supporting this effort and supporting him um, literally, again, all across the world from uh, Canada and from overseas in Europe. And we have uh, several uh, educators here in the United States as well that are um, serving as reviewers and marketers and designers for this publication. So it is a really, really massive and and well-thought-out team. Yeah, that's that's funny. You've never described the team as amazing until you were on it. That's that's interesting. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Well, well, it seems... It seems that the team has gotten progressively more awesome then. No, <laughs> <Okay>. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking too, buddy. Um, so, but you, you have some news too uh, about I, Waste, the I World do. Association for Cooperative Education. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll share this. Uh, this is hot off the press and was announced officially today. Um, but the University of Cincinnati will be hosting the 2000. Uh, 19 the the 2019 World Association Conference the the World Association of Cooperative Education or That's WACE, a big one. as it's known um, is I would say the flagship global organization within um, the realm of cooperative education and um, work integrated learning yeah as it is sometimes referred to as so uh, the fact that the University of Cincinnati has a chance to to host this conference now within uh, two years. Um, it is a huge, huge feather in the cap for the university, and I also think for the city of Cincinnati as a whole. So, absolutely, um, we're, we're pretty thrilled uh, to be a, a part of that. Yeah, yeah, and just to put it in perspective, Eric, the last Waste Conference was—I forget the country, but uh, Singapore, maybe. So they don't just pick right. cities randomly. I mean, right. you really have to make a case for why 
it should be here in Cincinnati. Right. And uh, we were able to do that. We, we were. And, and the, the conference also rotates globally across uh, different regions of the world. The, the one that is upcoming this year, in fact, is in Chiang Mai, Thailand, yeah. to give some perspective. So we've had conferences hosted in Thailand and uh, Singapore, um, now in uh, the United States with it coming back in, in 2019 That's here to, to Cincinnati. So yeah. uh, I, I think great for the University of Cincinnati and uh, great for the city. So we're, we're thrilled. Yeah. Well, Eric, um, I say we take a break and come back and get with uh, Professor Geiger here. But before we do that, yeah. I have a, uh, a troubling bone to pick with you. Oh, no. So we were getting reports uh, earlier in the week that Professor Allenson – was exposing his buttocks <laughs> on campus. Oh, what, no. what do you know about this? Oh, no. Uh, all right. Well, since the, the cat's out of the bag, is that the expression? Yeah. <sighs> all right. Or in this case, the buttocks, but go ahead. <laughs> so, I come, Mike, I, I came into work on Monday. Yeah. Uh, getting over this, this cold. It was after spring break. Um, I had... Uh, an interesting office situation. I'd been sharing an office with Mm -hmm. another colleague of ours for the the past several months because we were limited with office space and stuff is is, office space is all over and uh, I'm I'm trying to get reoriented. And I I actually called uh, my wife, Erin, who also works here, who also works at the University of Cincinnati. And I said, Erin, I literally have my entire life in these boxes here in a giant room uh, I shouldn't say giant, but but in an office room, mm-hmm. any chance you can come over here and help me get stuff set up because I knew it was going to yeah. take me several hours. And uh, sure enough, like you know, Erin's great. She came right over, uh, helped me unload some some of my boxes and maneuver around shelves and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as I'm um, about to to part ways with her, she was heading back to a meeting. Uh, she said, "Hey, Eric, you know, can you turn around for a second? And I I, I said, "Yeah." Uh, you know, but but intrigued by the question, she uh, she then said, "Oh my gosh, you are in a world of hurt." And I said, "What happened?" And I thought to myself, "Well, I must have I must have sat on something, or you know, something occurred, or something's on the back of my shirt." Uh, sure enough, I had about a, a nine to ten inch long rip in my trousers. <laughs> Mike. Rip in the trousers. Rip in the trousers. That you didn't know about. Shh, no one knew about this, including Well, me. people did. You didn't know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the disturbing part is it, it was not just a slight snag <laughs> or a, a minimal tear. It was large enough to know that it must have started as a small snag or tear. And then I probably wore them long enough so that it expanded to 9 or 10 inches. So... Um, so I literally was walking around with uh, half of my leg exposed to the world for quite some time. Well, the, uh, the reports that I w- received was that they thought that it was an art installment, that you were trying to be provocative <laughs> in the Lady Gaga sort of vein of uh, – yeah, so, so it was, it was, diffi- it was a difficult day to, to start the week on, and I had meetings with – uh, some executives, employer partners, including our, our <laughs> I would also say our d- division director that day. And uh, uh, I, I immediately went, found a way to duct tape my, my pants together temporarily and was out to, out to uh, Urban Outfitters here yeah. in, in Clifton mm-hmm. and got uh, a replacement pair. So that's how I started my week, Mike. Okay. But thanks for bringing that up. Well, I, I thought that the listeners would want to uh, hear the, I mean, it's, 
it's everywhere. People know that you were exposing yourself, <laughs> and I thought it was only just that you were able to explain that. Yeah. Uh, any any chance you can get to just uh, completely obliterate any ounce of dignity that that I have, Mike? I, you, that's part of my job. You capitalize. Yeah. You capitalize. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that aside, uh, listeners, I apologize for some of that graphic imagery. We will be back with Professor Kevin Geiger just after this. Stay with us.
you know so well. It started way back in history with that rap and me. My team. Been had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Sheriff's flashes on my tail. All right, everyone, we're back. It's the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, that song request of our guest uh, today, Professor Kevin Geiger. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us again for your second installment on, uh, I know what is now your favorite podcast of all time, the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, my friend, we are truly pleased to have you here. It's great to be back. Uh, you guys do seem a little rusty, though, if I can be honest. Is that right? It's Eric. You're great, Eric. Michael <laughs> seems a little... Why do the guests always rag on me? I don't understand. Uh, Mike, you just happen to be the less articulate one Okay, that, well, uh, that has the and, microphone in front of him. And talented, less talented. Yeah, all of the less above. Less articulate, although less I, I, intelligent. Although, Mike, I will say this. Yeah. You didn't get thrown under the bus by your your partner moments ago for having ripped trousers. Eric, I was trying to clear your name in the public. People yeah. thought that you intentionally did this to be uh, provocative. Okay. Now I see the motive. Yeah. Now I see the motive. I'm really quite curious as to the, the pants you procured from Urban Outfitters. How tight are those trousers? <laughs> well, well, here's part of the story that I overlooked, and I'll be brief because okay. I want to get into our discussion with Kevin. And, and I don't want uh, my pants to continue sidetracking our, our episode today. So I story of your life, I, isn't it? Uh, unknowingly, I, I didn't know where to go. I was freaking out. I had duct, duct tape around my leg. Pants barely fit. And, um, and I, I, I could hear them ripping apart as I was walking t- up a cold, <laughs> pouring rain, of course, as well, uh, you know, uh, downtown in, in Clifton. And and I first saw this this place called I guess Rue Twenty One. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's for all the middle aged men, yeah. shop these <laughs> days. It is a, it is a, a store of, of teenagers, adolescents at best, and um, and I walked in there completely out of place, trying to find any type of uh, lower body garment that could replace the, the one that I had so perfectly destroyed, and. They only and, had capris, though. And actually, actually, I looked all over the place, and between their, their frayed jeans, and then they, they actually had a, a shelf that said chinos on them. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we've got some regular khakis here. <laughs> I then proceeded just to grab the only pair I could find that were my size, went into the changing room, tried them on, and their traditional chino khaki at uh-huh. Rue 21 is skinny leg fitting. Kevin with with built-in rolled cuffs that are that are not just rolled for fashion's sake, but sewn into the the actual pant leg itself uh, for the for the permanent yeah. for the permanent rolling effect. And then it, and then finally, it had uh, uh, like a graphic design tapestry. On the back, sewn into the on roll, the back sewn oh, the into roll. the roll. So the, so the rolls themselves were kind of a work of art, and I thought. Uh, with with the caliber of of people that I'm meeting with today, I don't think I can pull these pants off. So um, I would I would love to see you in those pants. <laughs> I might buy those pants tomorrow. Actually. So uh, so there it is. Anywho, all right. So so uh, that aside, hopefully, um, Kevin, great to have you back. Last time you were on the show, 
we had a chance to talk about your work with um, UC Forward, a really, really innovative uh, transdisciplinary program that we have at the University of Cincinnati um, and has been a, a really key component within the experiential learning piece um, of our university and our division specifically. So um, so thank you for your leadership in that role over the past year. Uh, we're so sad that you're, you're moving a different direction. However, the direction you're moving in sounds rather intriguing, my friend. Tell me, uh, what are your... What are your next steps? Yeah, well, it, it's with uh, <clears throat> somewhat bittersweet at this stage in the game, kind of looking ahead and, and saying goodbye to, to dear uh, to dear colleagues with great stories about pants. So it's 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 complicated. You're going to miss this. Aren't we're, you? I'm going to miss this. Yeah, uh, but it, very exciting. Um, I am going to be moving back to Athens, Ohio, with my uh, beautiful wife and three lovely children. And I will be uh, engaging in the timeless uh, vocation of beer farming, <laughs> as Annie, Professor Annie Stroud right. has, has so, uh, so aptly put it. It, it. It's not quite. I will be more or less the general manager of a farm space that's evolving for uh, a brewery in Athens, Ohio, that's been around for quite a while called Jackie O's. And I will be in charge of kind of the farm-to-table, farm-to-restaurant, farm-to-brewery stuff. We're going to get hopefully get some hops growing and get kind of a hop operation off the ground. We've got a vision for a, a what we're cleverly calling a B, B, and B. Uh, oh, okay. And maybe adding a little brewery. Comp- so a, a lot of kind of entrepreneurial, exciting yeah. um, food and drink kinds of, of things ahead. Um, that's that's out. That's awesome. So, uh, Kevin, I know a little bit more about this story, but for our uh, listeners here, the way that this came about is that one, you like beer, and two, uh, you're very good friends with a high school chum. That's. I want everybody to know. Michael is very aggressively pointing at me right now <laughs> while he talks to me. You, <laughs> you. Uh, but no, this this was a high school friend of yours. Uh, I think that. Uh, moved to Athens at some point to start this business and he needed a little Geiger action in there to make it successful. Yeah, I think Geiger action is exactly how I've been describing it. Yeah. Uh, so, well. <laughs> so so it's, it's that's kind of true, Michael. So I've been um, uh, kind of ideating and talking about these, this sort of thing with my good friend Art Ostrike who, who owns Jackie O's and who got that started. Uh, in 2006, shortly after his his mother uh, passed away very untimely due to cancer, and this was sort of a tribute to her. Her name was Jackie, a very storied bus driver from Cleveland, a very beloved woman. Um, and so Art uh, opened a brewery. Her other son summited Mount Everest without the use of oxygen. Wow. Um, so you decide who's the favorite there. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Uh, but great friends, great family friends. Art and I were talk, have been talking about this since he – something along the lines of what I've described since yeah. he purchased the farm in 2011. Um, as things happened, he got very busy with the beer production, and the farm stuff sort of uh, kind of sat on hold. But now things are great. He sort of hit the steady state and is able to really kind of devote some time and energy and resources uh, to this, the, this farmhouse project. And, and naturally, he looked to someone um, – with higher education experience uh, and very limited, and he, and really he couldn't find it. Agriculture. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so when Eric and Michael refused, he, yeah. he pointed to me. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I've been um, 
you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid journaler, and I've been journaling about this kind of concept and looking at places where the, something like this might work for for about five or six years now. Um, and the timing was just sort of right. And, and at the end of the day, it's sort of, you know, I looked at it like, you know, one day if I'm lucky, I'll, I'll, I'll be 70, 75 on my front porch, kind of whittling in my rocking chair and, and reflecting uh on life, and I don't want to have that regret of oh, yeah. may, what would that have been like? There? Exactly. So, yeah. So here we are, um, and I, we're gonna we're gonna chase chase it down and see how it goes, and cross our fingers and uh, hope for hope for for good weather because yeah. I, I got crops to worry about. Of now. course, of course. <laughs> well, Kevin, I I know this hasn't been an easy decision for you, um, and I know that partially because you're really good at what you do here. And you're very popular here, in part because you're very good at it. And so to walk away from this, this uh, pretty spectacular job in higher education, and, you know, I, I really mean that, that we get to do some pretty incredible, fun things. And to walk away from that, to chase your dream, I know has been a little scary for you, but I think Eric would agree it's the absolute right move yeah. to make. So so congratulations on uh jumping off that cliff well yeah thanks mike thanks for saying that to, to both of you and um yeah it, it has been a hard decision working with uc ford has been fabulous working with uh, dr Gigi esco and and the people i've been able to interact with in that capacity has just been um i mean kind of a master class in, in higher ed and and um organizational leadership and and the like so um and then certainly my my wonderful colleagues uh uh in the in the experience-based learning and career education so it has been 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 tricky um leaving higher ed but i'm going to kind of hopefully keep a foot in the door at ohio university and and look for ways certainly as we were walking over here talking about maybe an athens road trip yeah you know, for these uh these service learning advisory committee so, so who knows mike what the future holds yeah I'm- um so, uh, Eric and Kevin, you, you both are sitting on the Service Learning Steering Committee, which is a new group that's forming here. And, uh, uh, Kevin, you agreed to do that before sort of making his final decision to leave, leave UC. But Eric and I are refusing to surrender your duties on that steering committee because we factor in Jackie O's and the brewery and the farm in our future service earning endeavors <laughs> i think that makes a lot of sense yes yeah. it's, it's really very do. clear and yeah. kevin was speaking speaking about ideating we we took about six minutes yeah. and ideated ourselves and determined yeah. that jackie o's was clearly the best location yeah. uh in any near vicinity and for, us, galaxy, for us to visit uh with with our steering committee so yeah. i think that, i think that's going to happen i can envision or ideate a bus uh, a bunch of service learner practitioners, service learning practitioners and scholars mm-hmm. traveling to Athens, uh, arriving on the scene. We see Professor Geiger. We're still going to call you Professor Geiger. Well, I'll, I'll insist on or, it. Or yeah. Prof, if you'd prefer. Prof Geiger. That works. Okay. Uh, with some blue jean overalls. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no shirt to uh-huh. show off his farming physique. Uh-huh. Am I going too far here? <laughs> a little too far. Yeah. You're, nope. in, you're in an interesting mood today. Mike. Well, this is a, a bittersweet moment for me. Oh, well, okay. You know. We, we, yeah. we have a lot of fun with you. We do. KG. That's, yeah. Yeah. 
And, and I, I too see you guys arriving in that bus and pulling up next to the farm, and yeah. and then getting out and working for. It could be just the two of hours. us, but <laughs> it'll probably happen at some you point. Won't need a bus if it's just the two yeah. of us. Well, it goes without saying. You're obviously more than welcome. Yeah, well, thank you. Anything. Well, well, I can say uh, we're, we're sad to see Kevin go, but very psyched for his next venture, and and also psyched for our own ability to perhaps capitalize on his uh, his his placement at Jackie O. So, um, some benefit is is mutual there. Yeah. Um, that aside, I, I think it's important to acknowledge this. Um, you know, we've been referring to to Kevin here, KG, uh, as a, as a friend, but um, but we it, were just kidding. <laughs> we were just kidding about that. No, uh, Kevin, you you are you are a published author. You you were a scholar, and I think it's important uh, in a show like this that we have a chance to kind of showcase uh, some of the work that you've done. And and I know uh, actually a recent publication just came out in Experience Magazine. Um, really, really amazing publication. We had a chance to talk to in our first talk about in our first segment. Um, but you had a feature article, and I, I would say probably one of the feature research articles there, and, and you had an opportunity to talk about uh, transformational experiential learning, right? Um, can, you, can you tell us or tell your listeners a little bit about transformational experiential learning? Yeah, I, I think uh, I was going to make a pants joke, but I couldn't. I, couldn't, <laughs> ah, I was reaching. That, I, yeah, I apologize. That was that was the uh, that was the time. <laughs> I started digging furiously and found nothing. Um, yeah, so my my colleagues, uh, Dr. Robin Selzer and Dr. Todd Foley, and I began kind of noodling with this concept of transformative experiential learning um, shortly after we arrived to what was then the Division of Professional Practice and Experiential Learning, Propel, um, and wanted to kind of articulate what we were thinking was happening during these rich um, internship experiences, co-op experiences, service learning experiences, research experiences, um, but how could we articulate it and measure it and, and, and think, about, think about it in terms of... of um, transforming a student experience, but also transforming kind of a, a student um, in kind of all the ways we hope to as educators, right? Those big learning uh, achievements happen. They, they leave the experience different and uh, more whole and informed than they, than they came into it. So um, we had a feeling that was happening when experiential learning is, is done, is done well. And, um, uh, and then we just set out to kind of to prove this through um, Dr. Foley's uh, co-op lens, uh, Dr. Selzer's pre-health internship lens, and then my lens, um, primarily through the academic internship program. Um, and yeah, I think we we put together about seventeen pounds worth of of material for Experience Magazine. And it's I think a very I, good article. It really is. Yeah, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. We've we've been kind of playing around with the concept for about two years now, and have presented um, Columbus, San Francisco, Spain on it. It's been pretty well received, and um, you know, obviously, I'll, I'll sort of go in a different direction. But I'm excited to see where yeah. where uh, doctors Foley and, and Selzer kind of run run with this. Yeah, and and Kevin, I I know another kind of unique aspect about uh, the work that you've done is you've had a so we're a a public institution, but a lot of the work has been centered on um, kind of like social justice-oriented um, endeavors, I guess, that, that yeah. students are e- experiencing, as well as um, 
more traditional maybe leadership experiences that students uh, participate in as a part of their curriculum or through a co-curricular experience. Is that right? That's right, Eric. Um, you know, another one of the, the I think, kind of catalyzing moments for, for us and kind of putting together this sort of scholarship beyond just thinking about my work in general is is what a rich opportunity we have here to frame some of these social justice issues, um, sociopolitical events happening right now. There's no shortage of them, of course. But what a what a opportunity we have to to frame these these issues alongside conversations revolving around professional development, where students are actually uh, envisioning and gaining experience about life after college, and now they can sort of you know carry these. Um, these lessons, these texts, these conversations around very pertinent social justice-related themes into the, the workplace, into life after college. It's just kind of a different context than, than perhaps just the, the four walls of the classroom or, or that, that yeah. book, which is all valuable, too. But Well, uh, Eric, I say we take a quick break, um, uh, come back. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Jackie O's as you guys have been uh, chatting here. I was on the website. It looks amazing. And what I'm really interested in hearing, Professor Geiger, is how your experiential learning lens um, has helped you to arrive at this place where you have truly chosen a career that's a bit of a risk, but it's in your heart. I'd love to talk about it. All right, everyone, stay with us. It's the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, We're coming to you live from the Jack and Jones Strader studio here uh, within BearCast Media. We'll be right back. In your night with pleasure, boom, cheap pleasure.
everyone we are back our final installment of the tapioca radio show today um eric allenson michael sharp we were just joined by um our longtime friend kevin geiger uh talking about his next uh venture to to move on to jackie o's brewery and uh as well as some of his his scholarly interests and uh in particular uh transformational experiential learning so uh pretty cool stuff kevin a really uh multifaceted individual for sure so uh so mike yeah i I know you had a couple questions or perhaps yeah thoughts yeah so i i think to the outsider looking in going from higher ed to being a beer farmer may seem like (laughs) a jump in professions and it is Mm. but what i we're using beer farmer fast and loose by the way aren't we (laughs) We are we are uh but i see some very clear connections here. So, Kevin, I know you well enough to know that issues of sustainability and ecology are important to you. Issues of social justice are important to you. What Eric just spoke about in segment two and you uh, uh, spoke about also was transformational experiential learning. And I would dare to say that all of those things um, have led you to Jack Yo's and being a beer farmer. Would you, would you agree with that, or am I being too obtuse? No, I, I think it's uh, yeah. It's always interesting to have somebody else kind of filter what they think's happening from that. From the, but yeah, I, th- I would think that's pretty right, Mike. Um, I think another thing too is uh, the way I, I teach my my courses in the academic internship program. One of the courses I teach is called Professionalism and Purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, the final for that class is is for a few semesters now has been very open ended, um, uh, and kind of a culmination of some of the critical reflective work we've done throughout the semester. And it's a very open ended question I, I pose to students of of if you're lucky, you're, you're 18, 19, 20, 120, right? You've, you've got maybe 70 years at best. How do you want to fill them? What do you, what's your purpose here? What do you, what do you want to do? And, um, you know, and out of the 250 plus students that, that have maybe, you know, presented that final and, and very various creative, um, 
you know, a guitar, a charcoal painting, a um, poetry, all kinds of, of really inspiring um, uh, modes of presentation, it's sort of forced me to uh, put myself in their shoes a little bit. And I always do a, a presentation myself to kind of wrap things up. Um, but it's it, it's sort of, I kind of feel like I took my own class. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you're sitting in the back of the room and you can only sort of keep those those thoughts at bay for so long before you, I don't know, maybe that's just me. So, um, so shortly after last semester, these things with Jackie O's kind of percolated a little bit, a few conversations and some major soul searching and all that stuff that comes with it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be, be <laughs> what we're calling uh, within our, our, our work group here, uh, beer farming in, in yeah. the next few weeks. So, so uh, to rephrase this a little bit, I, I love what you said about you, you feel like you took your own advice or maybe even took your own class. So if you were advising a student that had a similar type of opportunity, um, meaning take the safe route, take the job that they know they can do and maybe make some money at, maybe have a career from that, or take a risk to chase their dream. I really don't have to, have to vocalize this because I know the answer you're going to tell us, but what would you tell that student? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I haven't taken this lightly and have really kind of put this through the, the meat grinder in terms of making a, a decision and thinking really trying to see it from as many angles as possible. I think it's pretty context specific. I think for me, with three young children, why wouldn't you take this risk? Right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there's there's parts of my personal con- that, that that make this potentially more feasible and doable than perhaps a 23-year-old with student. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So I think it, it might get a little complicated, but I always tell students that, um, you know, it's, you, you got the, you got one, you got one chance here. Essentially you got one turn. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you know, I think it, it might, it can help to think about it like that. Some students might think that's a little wonky, but, um, no, but I, I've worked true. with too many students who are sitting in front of me and they're marketing majors because they don't know what else to do and, right. and their own. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think it, it gets complicated, but I always love to see students. I think we always love those students that are are kind of surfing that wave and independent of what uh, of what's going on around them and what the right. trends are. So, yeah. Well, awesome, Kevin. I I, uh, I, I love hearing from you. You're you're very intelligent articulate guy um uh inspiring someone who's going out and chasing his dream and something that uh has kind of been a part of your you know personal professional journey now it sounds like for the past you know six or seven years you've even had this idea in mind and uh to actually have a chance for that to become fully actualized now in in the future is pretty cool so uh so we're happy about that man thank you guys um mike I, i think it's time to you have one more piece. I, I have one more question that uh, I would like to ask. All right. I'll make it quick, but we're not going to have this opportunity again. We we unfortunately will not. So, And we, we ask this question of a lot of our guests, but they answer it in a way that they know they're going to be here. And mm. Kevin's not. Okay. Uh-oh, he says. 
So you know what we do uh-huh. here in the world of experiential learning, co-op, internships, UC Forward, service learning, undergraduate research, all of that. And there's been a lot of changes, not at just not just at UC, but in the field over the last three to five years. If you were to – so imagine you're sitting on that porch with your – uh, jean overalls and your uh, Jackie O's brew in hand, and you're just imagining, I wonder what's going on in the world of experiential learning in, let's say, 2020. What do you think we're going to be doing, Kevin? Well, I'm a little confused. So I'm 75 <laughs> thinking about 2020? Yes. Okay. Time okay. machine I got or something. Um, you know, I, that's a great question, Mike. I think... Uh, Man, oh man, the pace of change is is so rapid these yeah. days, and I I, I think it, it seems that um, you know the goings on in higher education are increasingly linked to who's in office yeah. locally and 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 at the federal level. So, you know, whatever it is, I hope it it, it remains student centered and yeah. always thinking about um, the student experience first, um, meaning that as much as we love our, our, our community partners, our, our co-op partner employers, our internship employers, maybe even a little different than the service learning side of things, but um, that the students and the educational objectives are driving the process and not uh, something different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great answer, man. Yeah. Great I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of alternatives you're you're absolutely right in terms of uh some of the budgetary restraints and you know performance-based budgeting that's implemented now at a lot of institutions there are a lot of other factors that play into decision making and i think kevin has a really good point when you think of the student experience holistically and particularly that of um academia and in creating a sound academic experience for students if that is at the root of what we do uh, now and, and into the future, I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be fine. Absolutely. All right. And for the record, I'm I'm only moving. I'm only going to be two and a half hours away. So yeah, I, I'm close. All right. I, I would love to come back and do this again. I think that. Would I be think fun. we you know should what? have him back. Uh, I, I think maybe so. he's the first guest to come on three times. I think. I three think timers absolutely. club. Three timers. Is there a club. jacket that you get for that? Yeah. Or? <laughs> I think it's you a could hat. be. You could be the Alec Baldwin that's, of our show. That's kind of what I was. The Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Steve Martin. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, but thanks, guys, and thanks for yeah for everything. Yeah, of course, buddy. We're going to miss you. We have a lot of fun with you, but uh, you are right. You're not that far away. So, uh, Eric, I know we're running out of time here. I wanted to say that this episode of the Tapioca Radio Show is brought to us by Barrel Ridge Farm Farm to Table Jackie O's Style. So this is the place that Kevin's going to work and to lead. So Jackie O's is committed to producing beer and food that celebrates the vast agricultural resources available in Athens. And that's why they have been growing their own resources at Barrel Ridge Farm, a 20-plus acre produce farm in Lodi Township since 2010. They have four greenhouses and an array of diverse vegetable, herb, and flower patches throughout the farm. Um, which all supplement Jackie O's production brews and the food served at all of their locations. And you can reach out to them uh, very easily by just Googling JackieO's.com. Sounds great, Mike. Thanks. Uh, Listeners, we appreciate you tuning in, as always, to hear 
what we have to say and our, and our, our thoughts, our advice, our amazing guests here on the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, we truly appreciate your support. Uh, for next week, uh, we have Amy Thompson. Amy Thompson from uh, Leadership Action Cincinnati, formerly from Camp Joy. Sounds great. And then uh, Brody Tice also is joining us for his first ever time on the Tapioca Radio Show, uh, uh, an internal colleague of ours working with the Academic Internships Program. So it should be a loaded episode. We have some very exciting guests coming up, Eric. All right, everyone, again, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is the Tapioca Radio Show. We'll be with you again next week live through Bearcast Media at 1 o'clock between the hours of 1 and 3 um, here if you're tuning in live and then um, on, on, sorry, on Wednesdays. Uh, and then if you're tuning in to the podcast, uh, we'll make that available for you through our social media sites and uh, Google keyword search Tapioca Radio Show. Take care. We'll see you next time. Oh, don't you t-